They say the numbers never lie, but in the case of Peter Bazasto, they tell only half the story. With the buzz, there were marks, kicks and goals, and star factor are plenty. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Mike, and honoured like, to be here. I feel like I'm in the presence of royalty. I don't know about that, but, uh, gee, it's good to be here. It's well, a you're back started. home, aren't you? Yes. L- Lafayette yeah. Park, this is where it all started? It all started about, uh, oh, 40-odd years ago, yeah. but, uh, gee, the ground doesn't look any uh, any different. But, uh, no, it's a wonderful career, and, um, as I say, very honoured to for you to <laughs> interview me. Well, thank and, you, uh, Peter. Yeah. Your, your father played here. Yes, he yeah. did. And played at Carlton. He played 65 games for uh, for the Perth Demons here and yeah. uh, went across there in uh, 57 to play with uh, Carlton. Uh, played about 22 games, uh, Mike, with a number four. Number four. Number four. Isn't amazing, yeah. And I didn't know that until uh, a few years uh, after that, but um, it was just a... Um, uh, well, an honour to, to wear number four with uh, you know with a lot of those players that have that have worn it. Uh, bit of a story about the number four. I'm sure yeah, you'll bring well, it I'm up. Going to so when you got there, um, did you know that your father had worn four, and did you request it or not? No, I didn't. No. I didn't know that he'd uh, that he'd actually uh, worn that. Uh, did you ask for twenty five? Jez's number? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I bet that you was did. A, that was another one that uh, they were trying to put the pressure on me. Uh, the story goes, uh, Mike, that uh, I played um, a couple of the scratch matches over there, and uh, as you know, Carlton are notorious for not uh, uh, performing in uh, mm. scratch matches, and uh, played pretty well. The best three on the ground were Mike Fitzpatrick, Kenny Hunter, and myself, all because we're all West Australians, yeah. exactly. And uh, it got to the stage where uh, they thought, oh, this Blake uh, might be able to play a little bit. Uh, on the uh, Tuesday night, they come across with uh, a couple of numbers. Uh, Peter, which one do, would you like to wear? Would you like to wear 25? I said, you've got to be joking. I've got enough pressure on me now to, uh, <laughs> to take the great man's uh, uh, number. Uh, they offered me number 28. Again, another uh, Carlton Percy legend, Jones. Percy yeah. Jones. Yep. Uh, number one was available as well. I thought, oh, numero uno. No, I can't uh, put Greg up with that. Greg Wells had left, had that, yeah. Well, Greg was there, actually, and I think he got it that year as well. Uh, oh, the same year, year. yeah. And, of course, number four came up with Vinny. Uh, reti- uh, um, Vinny Katoja. Uh, yes, yeah. and he was, uh, of course, moved across to Melbourne. Yep. Uh, and uh, I took the, took the number four over, so that's how that come about. Did you do a story with Lou Richards before your first game? Yes, well, uh, that was sort of a part of it. Um, uh, Lou is such a, uh, such a great um, you know, mentor for people, I think, as well. Um, I played the very good game against uh, Hawthorne in the scratch match, uh, and he come to me, and uh, well, he come to Carlton and said, can we interview uh, young Bazasto? And uh, they <laughs> said, yep, no worries. So I was out on the uh, the, uh, the uh, tra- training track and Lou said, Peter, we can hear you jump the high as this grandstand, you can tackle like a machine, you can kick some goals and, uh, you know, you're just an all-over good player. I said, well, Lou, I can jump as high as this grandstand, I can kick freak goals, I can take, uh, you know, uh, take s- s- sensational marks, tackle like a machine, but he put it in the paper the next day, Mike. So that put a lot of pressure on So that's on, on the to- eve of your first game. It, it was on the eve of the first game, which was on the Tuesday, and, of course, we played the first game on the, uh, on the uh, Saturday Against Richmond, you, you thrived on that, though. Did you not love the big, big occasion and the fact that there was the expectation about how well you'd play? Certainly, yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, and uh, you know, I uh, again, as I say, I went to a great side that really gave me the, um, um, you know, the latitude, I suppose, yeah. to uh, to do that. Uh, uh, particular thing. Um, I had to do the team uh, uh, orientation stuff as well, Mike, you know, tackling, shepherding, blocking, mm. this sort of thing, which we had a, a blueprint uh, for. So uh, David gave me a little bit of a, uh, a licence for that. But um, look, you know, I've got a, uh, you know, Lord David Parkin for, for shaping me. I, I had a pretty good coach here uh, um, in Ken Armstrong, yep. Mike, um, who uh, I was part of a couple of premierships with, and uh, Ken was a very, very good, good player. But, um, you know, I thought that I got to myself, uh, you know, at the end of 1980 that I was ready to go 
in the meantime, though, Mike, I had a bit of an offer from North Melbourne. Uh, Ron Joseph came over uh, at the uh, end of 77 and said we'd like you uh, to come over and um, and uh, have a look at the grand final, which was the drawn grand final yep. in 77. Uh, went over there, met Barassi and a lot of them, Ross Glendinning, as course, uh, uh, and Barry was there, Barry Cable. And I signed with uh, North Melbourne under a so form four. four. Yeah, yeah under which, form which four. bound you to North for two years. Correct. And uh, that was what I, uh, what I, um, you know, thought was going to do. In that meantime, Mike, I was going to get more and more uh, uh, game time uh, with Perth getting to uh, league football, and I thought that was going to be the next stepping stone. Uh, a couple of years went by, and uh, still playing, you know, uh, pretty good. Carlton. Uh, come and knocking, and I and I said I don't know what they're coming over for, and they said, well, um, we'd like to come over and see you see you play. The recruiting officer in Brian McMahon uh, uh, was uh, spying on me, I suppose, uh, uh, for a four or five six weeks, and uh, in the end, they come over on my 100th game actually. Mm. And there was uh, Jim Ellison, and there was uh, Wes Lofts, and there was uh, Adrian Gallagher, and uh, uh, all the big uh, big hierarchy, and uh, and Brian. Two of them went to saw Ken Hunter. Yep, play Mike, and two of them come to see me. You had uh, a reasonable day, didn't you? Played against South Fremantle, who had Morris Rioli yeah. and uh, Stephen Michael and Basil Campbell, terrific players. There was 22,000 people at the game, and I had an absolute uh, day out. I kicked uh, eight or nine, whatever it was, against, <laughs> against them. They said, we're flying you to Sydney. So that weekend? That weekend. Yeah. I got on the plane, yep. flew straight to Sydney. The exhibition games at that stage, Mike, was Essendon and Carlton at the SCG. It was one of the first uh, um, area that they uh, that they um, played those games, and uh, they flew me to the to the Sydney Cricket Ground. Now, Mike, I looked down, and there was a paper bag there, <laughs> yeah. a brown paper bag, and yeah. Jim was saying, "Look, why don't you uh, sign this uh, on the dotted line here and come across and play with us?" I and said, "Take that bag home." I said, "I can't. I've signed with North Melbourne." He said, "Well, Pete, I can let you know now. They've ripped your form four up." And they've signed a couple of other West Australians. Now, I didn't know that at the time, Mike. So Phil Kelly and Phil Kelly, Peter Spencer. Peter Spencer. Yep. True, true story. And I thought, well, what's, wonder what's in was the bag. Heavy? Was it heavy? Oh, it was coin, I think, Mike. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did you, ever do the, did you ever do the count? Did you uh, ever... Oh, I think so, yeah, I think so. What do you, what do you reckon was well, in it? Well, in, uh, there was quite a few $50 notes in there, so... What um, would they have been up to, Peter? Oh, I think they might have, you know, been about 15 15 Something grand. like that. Yeah. I think I think I've actually uh, declared that with the tax man, that, Mike. So I won't get in trouble. No. <laughs> and that started your journey with the Blues. That first game for the Blues, Peter. You looked a little lost early. Where? Very, very lost. Um, ran out onto the ground, Mike, and there were 77,000 people at the game. At uh, because it was Richmond's mm. unfurling of the flag. Now, six months before that, Mike, Kenny Hunter and I played out on this ground in our last game. And they were going 3,000 people. Good on you, Buzz. Good on you, Kenny. Good luck for next year, you know. And then we'll get to uh, uh, the... Uh, sorry, Waverley. And uh, there were 77,000 there. I run around like, in the first 20 minutes like with my head cut off. I couldn't get my breath. I could, didn't know really? what was Literally going on. Couldn't... I, I did, and uh, I, I saw the white fella come the screaming out. The runner yeah. had the white on in those days. And uh, I thought, oh, no. He didn't mince his words, Mike. He said, you big-headed from Western Australia. Really? You know, and I said... Who was the runner? Can't breathe! <laughs> can't move! And with that, he's gone to Parkin. I don't know what he said to Parkin. And uh, David just uh, ran out there, uh, made him run out there and said, well, tell him to sit, um, uh, squat down, take three deep breaths, stand up, look around the whole 360 and just take it in. Okay. And, Mike, you know that was the best advice because I went from a uh, big-mouth from Western mm. Australia into a person that hopefully, you know, Carlton can call one of, you know, um, they're, they're good players that played in Premiership sides. So two hours later, 
one of Carlton's most famous supporters of the day, the Prime Minister Malcolm Fraser's got his arm around you in the rooms in a photo. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. I had my jumper off as well, like so yeah. meeting the Prime Minister. <laughs> uh, you know, sort of half naked, but um, he's a rampant, as you know, a Carlton supporter. Uh, and um, it was an honour uh, to meet him. We had such a good win too, Mike. But gee, you know, it was a, it was a tremendous honour to uh, to meet the uh, uh, the Prime Minister. And well, six months later, yes, the yes. PM invites the entire Carlton Premiership yep. team up to Canberra mm-hmm. for dinner at the lodge. Uh, flew us up in the uh, in the uh, number one jet, the yeah. uh, the Commonwealth jet, and uh, that was uh, terrific. We went out to the uh, to the lodge, and everyone um, uh, got to meet um, uh, Tammy and yep. uh, and Malcolm. A couple of little incidents happened Did there. Did anyone relieve the lodge of yeah. some of his cutlery? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have anything to so do with that. True story, though, that some of the boys wanted to have a memento of the visit. Skellywags. Skellywags. Oh, uh, Eighty-one Arnold. was it the season that you could only dream about, wasn't it? I mean, you go to Melbourne. It's your first year. You win Mark of the Year. Yep. You kick goal of the year and you play in the premiership team. Well, you asked the question why I didn't, uh, you know, go uh, before that because I thought at that stage I was ready. Um, I was a red-hot favourite to go to the uh, Sandover medal here, of course, our medal here, pulled seven votes. Now, I walked out of the room there, Not kicked, the, kicked the chairs over, over yeah. and yeah. said, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> uh, come to Perth, and I was red-hot favourite for the uh, for the Perth Ferris domestic, I pulled five votes. So I got up on stage there. I won the actual uh, the uh, goal kicker uh, yeah. of the year, and I just said to them, uh, people, I'm now going to Carlton. I don't think I'm uh, really, uh, you know, uh, required here or wanted here. Uh, so really? that's what that's what transpired there. And... Uh, it was a bit of a, um, um, well, would you call it circus, Mike? What happened to Carlton? Uh, Percy uh, got... Um, Percy Jones was relieved of his relieved commission. Of his, yeah. and, and David took over yep. and David rang me and... Oh, sorry, he rang Ken Hunter. And uh, he said, Ken, I want you to come over and uh, get used to the tradition, the history and the, and the uh, real culture of this great club. And I want to try you on this half-back line. Mm. Bruce Dool, Val Perovic mm. and yourself. Mm. Super still going up my spine yeah. thinking about that great half back line. Uh, Ken said, oh, "Look, I'm, I'm I'm over there, coach. Within the next you know uh, couple of days, just get myself done." He rang me the next day and he said, uh, uh, "Pete, uh, David Park, and I've just taken over from uh, uh, from Percy, and uh, I want you to get over early and get used to the tradition, the culture, and the history of the club. And I want to try you on that great half forward line. Wayne, the Dominator, Johnson, Mark McClure." And I want to try you on, on that half uh, half forward line as well. So that was a terrific introduction by David. Was your brashness, let's call it brashness, was that natural or was it contrived? I loved I loved performing. Yeah. I loved performing. Um, David Parkin said to me, "Don't you know? Don't lose that. We don't want you to lose that. You know, you've got to be brash." You know, one of the one of the most outrageous ones that uh, that I agreed with uh, Mike was um, you know the. Uh, the three champions back one day. I was I was out for a couple of weeks and uh, with, with a small injury. <laughs> and Jimmy Buckley come up to me in the rooms. He said, Buzz, three champions come back today. Manicato in the uh, the Liston Stakes, Kingston Town won in Sydney, and the Buzz is back at Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have thought that was totally reasonable. Oh, I just thought, you know, that was, well, Jimmy, that, that was right. But, uh, look, um, uh, that's another thing, Mike. Um, you know, you've got to be very, very careful with um, teammates. Um, mm. And uh, they knew my brashness, but you know I didn't take it out of uh, out of context. You know I still had to work very very hard for them uh, on on the on the weekends, and and I certainly did that. And uh, uh, and I think that's why we're a very good side. But uh, Mike, I didn't really want to lose my brashness because that was a, that was part of my weaponry. Mm-hmm. And um, you know if I could take a a, a screaming mark and 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 excite the, uh, my teammates, that was great. If I laid a sensational tackle on and we kicked the goal, that's it, it was just as important. Nineteen eighty one. 
Buzz, you took you laid 17 tackles in the game against Essendon. Do you do do your homework there, uh, Mike? I think David Parkin... 17. David Parkin uh, often says that uh, at some of his uh, functions and uh, 17 effective yeah. too, Mike. There's not these little uh, little ones. And that's, Mike, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, you can take the mark and you can kick the goal. But that was another important, uh, uh, you know, weaponry. I had to, to my uh, to my bow, I had a couple of strings, you know, the marking yeah, and, yeah, the, and, the, yeah. and the, the goal kicking. But, um, you know, to be a part of that side there... And, Mike, really, you know, when you think back of it, you know, Carlton's uh, team in that, that era was 79, 81 and 82. They won three out of four. Yep. You've got to be a good side to win, you know, uh, uh, VFL and AFL yep. grand finals. And, and it was uh, even, wasn't it? It was a, mean, a great side. We had one superstar. One superstar. His name was Rod Ashman. Yep. He should have won probably two, yeah. maybe three Brownlow medals. All the Carlton blokes say the same thing mm. about Ashy. Uh, and I think outside of Carlton, yep. he probably sits behind Buckley and Sheldon. Yes. But the Carlton people revere uh, him, don't they? Absolutely unbelievable player. Um, look, we had many champions, Mike. Um, you know, uh, Bruce Duell and Jeff Southby true. and uh, well, Johnson. Johnson was a great big name. Mm. Uh, that's really what, one of the t- why I wanted to go there uh, to play with uh, Johnson because uh, he was such a big game player. And if he turned it on, oh, he, he would pick up 10, 15, 20 possessions maybe in a in a half of football. And uh, and that's why we were a good side. My Wayne Harms, another uh, 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 champion of the, of, the, of the club, could turn it on just like that. Buckley and uh, Marku and, mm. and Sheldon. You, you mentioned that part of the mosquito. Mm-hmm. Fleet, Glasscott and, and Malin on the, on the, uh, the wings. It was such an even uh, even team. So much so, Mike, we only had two changes from 81 to 82 yep. because we had two that retired. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you how you felt when um, the legendary Jack Dyer called you a good ordinary player. Um, I answered that uh, on the Saturday. I kicked eight goals against uh, South <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> and then I became a very good ordinary player, Mike, which, uh, again, was... Uh, at least it was a step up uh, from, from the great Jack Dye. But I probably didn't get my brushless, brushless until I went to, to, to Melbourne. Um, the confidence I got, uh, Mike, very funny story. Um, I must, must give you... I flew over on the plane. Uh, David said, uh, look, come over and come down to training and, and get used to it. Then I went on the train, had six or seven Scotch and Cokes Wait, on which, the plane. Which year are you this about? is 81. 81. I, this is when yeah. I first come over. Yeah. And uh, Carlton uh, Hierarchy was at the airport, whisked me out to training. David said, you can train, bus. And I thought, oh, hello, I'm in trouble here. Going up the hill at Heidelberg there, Mike, and uh, did about four or five or six of them. Come back in the corner. Buzz, you can go over there and do a tackling drill with Bruce Duell and Val Perovic. <laughs> now, Perro was a, a bricklayer, had yep. arms of rock, and, of course, Dooley was just sensational. I said to Dooley, please don't let him near me. Anyway, went around, got a big bear hug from the Perro, staggered to the side, Mike, spewed and vomited me hard <laughs> out, and I thought, and I heard from one of the guys, who in the hell have we got here from mm. Western Australia? Buzz, there was a view at Carlton when you arrived... One, that you are a very talented player. Two, that you were lazy. That's what they were worried about. Were, don't they, know about, were they entitled to have that view? Don't know about lazy, but um, I didn't like training. But I'd like to prove myself on the, on the sad day. And David said, if you do that, I'll be quite happy with that. But, you know, I still want you to be... Uh, but Mike, I was pretty fit, um, you know. I, um, when you went to Melbourne. There was a yeah. little bit of a controversy here that I wanted to go to Cup because I had one more year of a contract uh, uh, to go. And, um, you know, they didn't want to release me at that stage, Perth, and uh, I stood out of football. They wouldn't let me train here, so I had to train by myself. So uh, Carlton, through their um, uh, phys ed area, gave me a program. Mm-hmm. And I went across pretty good, pretty fit. And uh, the next two or three uh, uh, months before the season started, I got that, you know, that match fitness and, and good fitness that uh, a VFL player needs. 
Buzz, you were a shooting star in Melbourne. You became a huge name almost instantly. You played three years, win two flags, and then you come home to Perth. Mm. Yeah, well, well you were 25, weren't you? I was 25. Um, it's something that I regret now um, because uh, the reasoning was that my father had uh, a form of leukaemia. Uh, we're talking 35 years ago, mm. as you just said, Mike, and uh, we didn't know much about that particular uh, disease then. Uh, father was in hospital every um, two or three weeks having transfusions and uh, blood tests and et cetera, et cetera. And I got to the stage where uh, at the end of the three years, uh, I thought to myself, well, look, I'll come back and uh, I'll take up, uh, you know, a bit of the slack from your dad and, and we'll go from there. Didn't work. Didn't work. Did I just... your father... Was your father keen for you to come home? No. No? No. He wanted you to stay? He wanted me to stay. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought I'd do the right thing. I'd never forgive myself, Mike, if something had happened to mm -hmm. him uh, in that time. But, but, there was uh, a little bit of movement to early 84, uh, Mike. Uh, John Elliott took over. I think you remember that name from, from Carlton. I do. I know it well. Uh, and Wes Loss invited me to come uh, over there with my father. So you've played 83. Yes. You've then decided to come home, sign a contract yes. with Perth. Yes. And then the Blues say, no, yep. we want you back. Exactly. They, uh, they were going to hold out for the clearance, but I'd actually signed, so there was a bit of a, a confusion there. We ended up at uh, John's um, mansion in, uh, in Turak and uh, there was a, a lot of negotiation, I suppose you can put it that way, and uh, there was a lot of money uh, that was thrown at me and Dad uh, to, you know, to, to take it up and to come back and play 84. This is 1984. Yep. And, um, you know, got to the stage where the negotiations fell down because of the uh, contract and because Perth wanted me to come back and, and so play Perth that year. Perth wouldn't let you go. Perth wouldn't now, let me go. this sounds fanciful, Peter, but someone said to me, someone who I would consider would know, that that lot of money totaled 100 grand. Very close. They were prepared to give you 100,000 bucks to come back and play with the club that you'd played with the previous year. Yeah, very close. Um, it was in segments, Mike. It was to do with the uh, sports shop. Uh, to maybe get a manager there and take the load off Dad. Uh, and uh, movement and uh, moving, I should say. Cars, that sort of thing. So it was a package, but it was very, very close to that particular uh, amount. <laughs> and you couldn't do it? Perth wouldn't move? Perth wouldn't do it. Um, I'd already signed, as you mentioned, and got cleared in uh, 1981, and I, and I believe Perth got $100,000. Now, Mike, we're talking nearly 40 years yeah, ago here. Yeah. Nearly 40 years ago, or 30, 35 years ago anyway. It's $100,000 in those days was a lot of money. When did you realise, Peter, that you'd made the wrong mistake? You'd made a blue? Um, you were massive in Melbourne. Yes. Um, and, you, and I know that, I mean, we've all got ego, but I know that, Fed, you loved yeah, it. You thrived yeah. on that. Some people said I had a very ordinary 84. I got picked twice in a state game. That was now, back here. That's yeah. right. I played with Perth that year. Uh, I think I kicked 50 goals in 10 games. I was averaging five a game and probably wasn't playing in the forward line, Mike. I was played, you know, probably more in the middle, but still kicked those goals. I was picked in a state game to, uh, to go to Adelaide and to play uh, for Western Australia, which I did quite easily. Two weeks before that, Mike, uh, I got to the stage where Carlton come over and said, we need uh, you to come back. And that was exactly how they put it. Mm. We need you to come back and we're going to see Perth. We'll take the pressure off you. You don't worry about it. We'll go and see Perth. If there's any chance that we can get you across uh, to play the remainder of 1984. Which is, which is just interrupt me, sorry, but 84 was the time when you could do a... Clearances went until June yes, the 30th. that's yeah. correct. 30th of June. Yeah. Both sides could not, Mike, could not uh, come to uh, an agreement on a clearance. I believe... On a clearance fee. Fee. Yeah. I believe it was... 25 grand that Perth wanted, and Carlton were only uh, prepared to pay 20. 
Now, Mike, I only found that out about 10 or 12 years ago when uh, I spoke to Ian Collins Ian, about yeah. this and Ian said, yes, it was it was around about that figure. And I said, Ian, I would have paid the five grand myself yeah. to come back over because I thought that, you know, VFL football and myself at that stage was hand in hand. But they would have made it at the gate. Yeah, well, if, if, if the papers were announcing Bazasto's mm. bag, there would have been an extra five or ten thousand people there anyway. And I would have given you the, the scoop, Mike, because you would have, you would have known. So, uh, you know. let's talk about the the two famous Bazasto, not incidents, but um, performances of excellence. So the, the mark of the year mm. at, at uh, Carlton. Yep. And that was, I think, that's as good as mark as I've seen. Thank you. Is that is that the high point of your marking career? There's a great story. Yeah. Great story that. I was out the week before. Um, my great mate, Kenny Hunter, took an absolute skyscraper the week before and Mark McClure was on the grandstand with me and he turned to me and says, well, he's just fixed the mark of the year up, hasn't he, Buzz? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True story, Mike, as yeah. I sit here. And I said, don't worry about that, sellers. I'll fix that up next week. And you wouldn't believe it. We're sitting in the stand, Mike, and I'm a bit of a prank. And we, we did. We pranked each other and, you know, we... we and that's the camaraderie that I think mm. that we had. And I was sitting in the stand and uh, I tapped McClure on the shoulder and I said, Sellers, I've just had a premonition. He said, what are you talking about? You know, and mm. I said, I've just, ta- I've just had a premonition. I've just taken a screamer in the goal square. And, Mike, you wouldn't believe it. Two or three hours later, it, it come about where the... It was, again, the blind... The, the stars must have aligned and yeah, the planets must yeah. have aligned and uh, just got that, uh, at that terrific ride and uh, and uh, went up in the pack, uh, took the mark virtually on the, yeah. on top of the shoulder. Swan absolutely hates it. He said, I took the ball out of his uh, his hands. I Swan Mackay. Swan Mackay, he was, uh, he was alongside me. He was taller than Swan he was, that day. He was, uh, he was in the, uh, the, the goal square with me that day and he often says, and I just say to him, I said, look, you're, you're in uh, you know <laughs> history because every time the mark you're comes the up, photo. you're in the photo. That's right. <laughs> and the goal, the goal when you smothered yep. Ian Nan Curvis, yes. his kick at, at Waverley? Um, very important part of the game, and that's something that I, uh, um, you know, I, I look back on too, Mike. The, 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 the um, situation of a game when you've got to do a great tackle, or you've got to do a shepherd, you've got to do a block, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Come over the back of the pack. Uh, Brucey Dool cut one off across uh, half uh, uh, half back, uh, kicked it to uh, Bomber Sheldon in the middle, and. Uh, give it to Jimmy Buckley, and uh, Jimmy thought that I'd stand on someone's head and take the chest mark. That's how good a, a kick he was. Mm. Went over the back of the pack, and uh, I just thought I'd run him down. Um, you know, sort of dived at him, smothered the ball. Mike, history may have thing that it might have rolled out and it would have, wouldn't have got anything, but it's sort of, sort of it's, uh, stayed on its end. But you almost seemed to, to take it out of his, off his boot. Yeah, yeah. Um, smothered it virtually right off his, off his boot, and it, and it sort of landed virtually straight down. I looked down and I was just going to run in because I thought I'd had uh, 10, 15 metres on uh, everyone. But I saw the three Geelong players sort of uh, racing at me. Just had a quick look and um, shaped the ball, uh, you know, and it just went straight through the middle. To say I was pretty pleased with it, Mike, was, uh, you know, it's a bit of an understatement. Mm, I think you were in awe of yourself that day, Peter. <laughs> John, I loved it. He, uh, he dived at me from about 20 metres away and, yeah. uh, and bowled me over. McClure, you know, all... all uh, um, uh, Pomp and ceremony for Mark. No, just come over, pick me up, get yeah. on with the play. Just right, kick another one. You yeah, know? He and, uh, yeah. Hey, I want to take you back to your last game in mm, Melbourne. Yeah, it finished on a sour note, it did. didn't it? Yeah, you you the, you played against North Melbourne. According to the boundary umpire who reported you for for him, yeah. John Law, he said, "quote It was the hardest punch I've seen in a football match mm. in almost 150 games, mm. and you were suspended for four matches." It was. I was. Um, Look, I don't think it was anywhere near that, um, uh, Mike. It was a uh, situation where um, John grabbed me and I sort of, you know, took it and I said to him, don't grab me again. 
uh, a couple of minutes later, out of the goal square, let out. He grabbed me and I sort of just swung around and, and sort of connected, you know, with the... I didn't know whether I connected with his fist or his... Or his John got straight up and on with the game, niggled me a little bit more and I thought the end of it. At quarter time, the umpire come over to me and said, um, you know, player four, I've reported you for hitting uh, uh, you know, player 13 for North Melbourne. Uh, all didn't go well for me at the uh, tribunal, Mike, as you just mentioned there. I got about four weeks. But that particular uh, statement, um, you know, I, I, I was just uh, astonished with because I looked at my advocate and I said, gee, you know, I'm in big trouble here, aren't I? You know, and I think he said something like, it was the best king hit I've ever yeah, seen as yeah, well, yeah, Mike. So, yeah. uh, you know, I thought <laughs> I was in a bit of trouble then. But you know, we also got reported uh, for hitting Gary Dempsey yeah, yeah. that day too, uh, Mike. So I had another one to answer for. Well, you, you, you cried during that the, the hearing of the Dempsey case. Yeah. Were, were they crocodile tears? or, were, no, or they uh, were look, I was devastated. I was really devastated because I heard those, those um, uh, particular uh, statement. Uh, I didn't like it at all. Um, uh, I think it was the next... Um, suspension I had to, or sorry, the report I had to answer to, and I couldn't get my words out, Mike. I just got to the stage where I thought to myself, geez, I'm going to miss finals. Um, if, the, if the Blues win four games and I can play in a grand final, that's what might happen. But I think it just got to me that um, that statement was, you know, was very damning. Mm. I don't think I play football like no, that. No, I agree with that. You, uh, you mentioned Stephen Kernahan. He also wore number four at Carlton. Mm. Who was the best player to wear number four for the Blues? Well, the story goes, uh, uh, Mike, that uh, when he's not in the room, I am. <laughs> and uh, I do have to have a look around and I say I'm the greatest number four that ever, uh, that ever you know, wore it at Carlton. And uh, if he's in the room, I've got to go back to number four because he's one, two and three. And I really <laughs> do believe that because he's such a, you know, such a great player. But, look, uh, I'm just honoured to be in that uh, particular, um, you know, uh, uh, little... Um, little area with him. Well, Peter, let me say this. In the early 80s, you were one of the very, very few players that supporters of every club love watching play. wasn't long, three years. It should have been probably eight or ten, but we love seeing you play. It's great to catch up. Thank you, Mike. This has been a Fox Footy production. Part of the Fox Sports Network.